This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only nationally syndicated golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by Acura, precision crafted performance. Acura, celebrating 30 years in Canada. Visit acura.ca for the 2018 lineup and dealership incentives. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sakino and Bob Weeks. Uh, welcome golfers, a beautiful Saturday morning and it's St. Patty's Day. We are here for two hours to talk a little golf. We'll throw a little Irish into that as well. And we're also going to throw a little Carolina on your mind. Because joining us from uh, that part of the world right now is our good pal, Mark Zacchino. Okay, Waldo, where are you exactly? The <laughs> North American Tour, Bob, is finally coming to an end today. Okay? <laughs> okay, perfect. It started in Hawaii in January and it ends, what, almost three months later, it ends at the Wachasaw Plantation Club, is where I'm at, uh, live on location this morning for the Can-Am matches, which is our best juniors from the province of Ontario, boys and girls from ages 13 to 18, going head-to-head with the same boys and girls from South Carolina, the best of the state of South Carolina uh, that they have to offer. And um, it's a beautiful morning. It's about oh, about 11, 12 degrees Celsius right now. The skies are blue, quickly on our way to 22 degrees Celsius. And the matches get started in about uh, two, two and a half hours from now. But uh, teams will be on the range putting green shortly. And uh, these kids are pumped and ready to go. And it's, it's been a great event so far. I've been at the... Uh, all the festivities and talking to players and talking to coaches, and it's been fun and uh, great junior golf event. But I got to tell you, Bob, ready to come home, my friend. I am ready to come home. <laughs> have you got, you got the, uh, any clean underwear left or what? <laughs> well, I have uh, just met people along the way that uh, just, you know, said, hey, can you do my laundry? I got to get out and uh, I got to do some work. And yeah, I just, I'm just dropping laundry off, at, you know, knocking on people's doors. They're very friendly. Isn't that nice. Stuff, Isn't that nice? So this is. <laughs> This is so. Give me an example of, or give me a, a sort of a locator as to where you are in the state. There are you. Are you Myrtle Beach? Are you? Where? Yeah. So uh, technically, at the very south end of Myrtle Beach. So if okay. anybody's familiar with Grand Strand, we are right where Myrtle Beach meets Polly's Island. So right at the bottom end. I'm staying this week in a great location. I want to give a shout out actually to the Inlet Sports Lodge. So the Inlet Sports Lodge is right in Myrtle's Inlet. Uh, lovely location if you like golf, fishing, if you're the outdoorsy type. This is a wonderful uh, lodge location. Uh, it's it's kind of the quaint part, the southern part of Myrtle Beach in a way, the part that feels like a little bit more, you know, not as big and not as uh, commercialized, so to speak. Yep. Uh, if you want it a little bit more quiet, it's a lovely area, and you can access not only the matches this week, but my favorite golf courses in the area are True Blue and Caledonia. And they're practically across the street as well. So it's a great spot. And I've had a chance to go up and down Myrtle Beach the last couple of days and see all the new things that are happening. You can see the, the construction down here, Bob. It's insane. Uh, the area is just booming. There is, there is no shortage of golf courses in the Grand Strand down there. And some, I mean, every type, size, shape, length, uh, width, whatever you want to get in Myrtle Beach. I, I'm always amazed. I haven't been, I was down there a couple of years ago and it was, it's just like amazing. A, like you said, how, uh, how it's growing. B, how you can get everything you want. If you want to go to the amusement park or you want to go fishing, I mean, you can do it all within that little, uh, well, it's not so little, that Grand Strand area. It's, uh, it's pretty, pretty uh, amazing if you're a golf lover. 
Yeah, and what I find amazing, too, is, like, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. Like, there's guys here on boys' trips doing the boys' thing. There are families here because they can get everything they need, they need. If you want wings and beer, there are plenty of wings and beer options. If you want, you know, fine dining or, you know, a high-end steakhouse, you've got a bunch of those. So it's really catering to almost everything and everyone, which is so hard to do. You know, you can't be everything to everybody, but somehow they seem to figure it out. At the end of the day, though, I think, and we're going to speak to Bill Golden later in the show from Myrtle Beach, from Play Golf Myrtle Beach. And one thing I brought up is, you know, at the end of the day, they stayed true to, I guess, like their soul. And to me, that is a great golf, great value, tons of golf options. And, and for some reason, they've been able to do that and still be able to, I guess, change with the changing needs of their consumer. It's, qu- it's quite the spot. And, Bob, it's huge. It just keeps getting bigger. I got lost a few times. This <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not hard to do down there. All right. We're going to talk. Uh, we'll talk to Myrtle Beach a little bit later in the show. We're also going to talk to uh, Reggie Millage who was, uh, I think, the captain-slash-coach of that team down there. We're going to talk to Mike Kelly from uh, Golf Ontario. Uh, we're going to have Winners Weird and What. Um, it, is a, uh, it is a jam-packed two hours coming up here. Uh, why don't we kick things off with a little news and headlines. News and Headlines is brought to you by Porter Airlines. Now flying direct to 16 Canadian destinations and 7 U.S. destinations direct, including Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Visit flyporter.com. Porter Airlines, flying refined. All right, it's a busy week. Holy smokes, there's been a lot going on since uh, we last chatted. Of course, we saw uh, Paul Casey win, Tiger Woods come second, and Corey Connors uh, get his name out in front of a lot of things. But why don't, we, why don't we start, Mark, by talking about the final rule changes came out from the USGA and the RNA. They, had a, they, they brought out massive changes to the rule book. They let it sit there for six months and had people comment on it and make some suggestions, which, a couple of which they have adapted. And now they've got the final rules that will come into place on January 1st of next year. And to me, it's all great news because it's all pretty sensible. It's all pretty logical. And now the rules are a lot easier to understand. Yeah, I think overall, Bob, for me, it's a big win. I'm with you. Overall, if we're looking at this as, as a as a whole, all the decisions, all the changes, I think it's a big win. And I also think it says that they're actually listening and paying attention and trying to stay, you know, a little bit more proactive as opposed to reactive, which I always kind of complain about, that they're always reactive. So I think, you know, overall, it's a big win. Uh, there's a couple of them that it was, I find a little strange. They went to the drop as no longer practically a place, which was you could drop the ball when they originally came out with the changes. It was going to be anywhere above the ground practically, with almost a place. Now they've gone to knee height. Okay. Uh, I like that we can fix ish, uh, fix spike marks and issues on the putting green, uh, the loose impediment rule. There's a lot of great rules here. Um, the one that I found interesting, too, is they put, uh, they put a little kind of note in, in, in the new rules that clubs are allowed to adopt a local rule that basically eliminates white stakes, and you can practically you can basically mark your entire golf course as red, and uh, you can take a two-stroke penalty if I read that correctly, uh, where there used to be white stakes and, ta- and and drop at point of entry, which I found was interesting. Again, they don't recommend that for competitive play at high levels, but just for regular play to keep the game moving. I think a lot of these, Bob, are keep the game moving is how I read them. Um, exactly. The one I still. So what I want changed, Bob, that they did it, hit the ball in the fairway in a divot, you still got to play it. And yeah. That's the one. That's the one. But overall, I'm with you. 
I think I think that, like you said, a lot of these are logical in terms of pace of play. You know, they've turned, they've trimmed the search time down from five to three. If you step on a ball while you're looking for it, there's no penalty. Uh, you can putt with the flag stick in. So a lot of these things are just sensible things to try and keep the pace of play moving, which is all really good. Like you said, I think you know. I think the local rule that you can adopt, and most clubs, I imagine, will about just dropping instead of having to go back to the tee to hit your shot. I mean, that, nobody does that anyway, really. I thought I don't think on <laughs> very few, unless you're playing in some kind of a competition, or unless you're Tiger Woods, like he did on Thursday when he had to go back after he hit one off the cart path. Um, but all in all, pretty good, I think. Uh, Ernie Els, and speaking of Tiger Woods, Ernie Els and Tiger Woods named captains of the President's Cup teams, and no big surprises with these these uh, two uh, guys taking over, do you think? I think it's great. I think, you know, they kind of represent, in my opinion, you know, the best President's Cup that we've ever had with the two of them coming down the stretch and, and fighting it out. The one thing I find strange, Bob, is we've got Tiger as an assistant at the Ryder Cup, Tiger as a captain at the President's Cup, Obviously, this will increase attention to the President's Cup and maybe even possibly TV numbers, like everything Tiger touches. But what I find so weird is Tiger's kind of back on the upswing. You know, the way Vegas is reacting and the way fans are reacting and TV is reacting, I anticipate him to be playing on these teams. And now he's been named as captain and captain. So that part I find a little bit of head scratch. Well, he did He did when asked in the press conference. Uh, someone said, have you, have you thought about... Uh, about the possibility of being a playing captain, he says, "I have, I have." So, <laughs> I mean, he's uh, he's got that uh, that competitive streak flowing big time. So, uh, and Ernie actually had a good good has had a good good couple of first two rounds at uh, at Bay Hill as well. He's sitting at five under. So, both those guys are making their mark on the golf course. But I think they'll both be very good captains off the golf course. And I don't think it's been announced yet, but I think it's uh, more or less. Um, a common knowledge that uh, that Ernie's going to keep Jeff Ogilvy and Mike Weir as as alternate captains, and I'm sure he'll add uh, add to that list as well. We'll see who uh, Tiger brings in uh, for his gang. Um, here's an interesting one. I'm not this one didn't get a lot of coverage, but I thought this was pretty, pretty neat, and I wanted to get your feedback on this. The United States Golf Association has announced that Ro- thanks to a sponsorship from Rolex. Eight of the nine USGA championships will be broadcast commercial-free. Now, that's in the States, and I don't think they'll be commercial-free up here. But they will be commercial-free. There's only one that's not going to be commercial-free. Guess which one it is? Uh, Let me think. The U.S. Open? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Now, the last hour, they say, will be commercial-free. I'm not sure how they're going to determine what the last hour is going to be because of how long it could go. Um, But I I think that's kind of an interesting move, and it'll uh, it'll make for some interesting golf down the stretch when we see uh, the guys at Shinnecock this year. Yeah, listen, I don't have a problem with this. I think I think it's obviously, you know, they're trying to be innovative. They're trying to, you know, show uh, sponsors some love in different ways. They're still going to have uh, types of advertising within those broadcasts, uh, similar to what we see in soccer, Bob, you know, where the, yeah. the play continues one side of the screen and they run a short video vignette on one side and they squeeze this or, uh, you know, uh, run a banner underneath. Like So there's still going to be advertising involved. Um, it's interesting, you know, they're acting like they're reinventing the wheel with the last hour of, of the U.S. Open. Quite often, on a regular basis, uh, the Masters will go the last 60 minutes, even 90 minutes. You won't see a commercial break at Augusta for, because they've already hit all their commercials, uh, done all their obligations to inventory, et cetera, to sponsors, and they'll stay with that. It's just not, you know, as they're just not waving the flag as much. So, um, listen, none of this is bad. Any improvements to the Fox? broadcast 
I'll accept. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's go back a few years ago, and we all wanted to hang ourselves watching that Fox broadcast. But it's gotten better every year. That's and right. This is another step in the right direction. And don't have you and I on it, Bob. I just don't think they're going to hit try. That's right. And just quickly before we we go, a couple of uh, a couple of uh, birth announcements here. Suzanne Pedersen is expecting. And uh, Sergio Garcia and his wife Angela Akins became parents uh, this week, uh, and and the lovely name Azalea. I wonder where they came up with that name. You know, Bob, it's so funny. I was going to ask you about that because yours truly never had a daughter. But if I was ever, if I ever had a daughter, the name I wanted was Augusta. I thought that was a great name. And here we go, Sergio, thinking right along the same lines, goes with Azalea. I don't know, it's like we had this conversation or something. Yeah. Well, Augusta James uh, was was born on Masters Weekend, and uh, she's kind of fit into her name pretty well uh, as a yeah. talented golfer. All right, when we come back, uh, Mark is going to talk with Bill Golden from Play Myrtle Beach, and we're going to find all about all about the 860 million golf courses that are down there and what makes for a great golf vacation down where uh, Mark is in the Grand Strand of Myrtle Beach. That's when we come back on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was brought to you by Acura. Precision crafted performance. Acura, celebrating 30 years in Canada. Visit Acura.ca for the 2018 lineup and dealership incentives. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by TaylorMade and TwistFace Technology. Experience straight distance from TwistFace only in the new 2018 M3 and M4 drivers. Visit TaylorMade.ca for more information or to book your custom fitting today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Bob Weeks in studio. Mark Sacchino on location in Myrtle Beach. And uh, Mark had a chance earlier this week to... uh, to chat with a man who knows a little bit about the Grand Strand, here is his conversation with Bill Golden of Play Myrtle Beach. You know, with the CEO of Play Golf Myrtle Beach, Mr. Bill Golden. Bill, thank you, first of all, for taking the time to meet with me today as we are down at the Wachasaw Plantation for the Can-Am matches between the best juniors of South Carolina and Team Ontario, but also for your support of Golf Talk Canada and Junior Golf in Canada this year. That uh, uh, was uh, uh, wonderful to have you on board and also pr- to promote golf for the kids. Hey, they're also the future visitors of Myrtle Beach. There's no question about that. It's great having you here, and it's great, uh, you know, you're here for a wonderful event, the Can-Am matches, and, um, you know, the weather's perfect for, for, for them this weekend. Watch saws in great shape. Greens are a little slick, so it's going to be a lot of fun. I know that's been part of the theme since I got down here, how fast the greens are. Is that, has it been a great spring? Because the weather right now is absolutely perfect. But I was just curious about the weather over the last couple of weeks because, man, like the golf courses are in tre- tremendous condition. We're in March. I, they almost feel like they're 90 days ahead of schedule. Is that, is that just people that know what they're doing and just the best of the best? Or is, is that also a product of a great spring? Or has it been, has it been as good as it looks? Yeah, it's been um, it's been a little cool, but I think uh, all in all, it's been good grass growing weather here the last couple of weeks, and I think we're really starting to see that. And of course, the folks here have been doing this for a long time, you know, and, and are experts in the field and with the the new greens at a lot of the golf courses. So um, yeah, I mean, if it, and it as good as it looks now, think about what it's going to look three or four weeks from now. So we're really excited about the spring. 
I guess that spring kind of kicks off the high season. I know Myrtle Beach is a 12-month golf destination. I've played golf here. I remember coming down in my 20s, driving down in my 20s and uh, from Toronto, which is, you know, not the longest drive in the world. We'd pile up the car and come down. And we played golf in December. I've also played golf here in August. But uh, is the peak season from about April through September, October, would you say that that is like the, the most perfect time to visit the Grand Strand? Yeah, as you said, it's a 12-month destination, but the but golf peaks pretty much now through May, and and then again it peaks again in October and November. You know, certainly there's a lot of golf played here in the summertime, but there's a lot of folks who visit that little body of water uh, down the road here. But um, it definitely peaks April and May are big seasons in October and November. Um, you know, and as nice as the spring is to come here, you know, the locals know fall is the best time you know to play golf, the best time to be around because the weather's perfect. But uh, you really can't you really can't go wrong no matter when you come down. I find the area has changed so much uh, since, again, 31 years of, of me visiting this area, and there's tons of construction. The area seems like it's booming, and it, you know, every year it feels bigger, although it's always stayed true to its roots, which is golf capital of the world, and offer a ton of quality golf at a reasonable price, and you can play all different kinds of golf. We have Fazio, Dye, Love, Norman, Nicholas, like every great designer in the world has his fingerprint on this area. Uh, what has changed in terms of the visitor over the years and what they're looking for in a golf experience? Because you, I know you, the, the company's been doing this for so long. You are truly the experts of the area. And how much has it changed over the years? Or has the customer of Myrtle Beach changed uh, over the years? I'm just curious because for me it was always, hey, a boy's trip to Myrtle Beach. And I get the feeling now you're offering a lot more than that. Yeah, it's a great question. You know, I think for majority of the golfers, you know, we're pretty simple people. You know, we want to have fun. We want to have, we want to have a great golf experience. We want to be with our pals or our family. Um, and it's interesting. You said we haven't really lost our, you know, core focus and our, you know, it's kind of in our DNA to offer that kind of golf experience. The great thing is, though, as you said, it, everything has changed and grown, but it's grown in a way that that offers, you know, so many great new restaurants. Uh, great new leisure activities, great new hotels. Um, so the offerings off the course now continue to expand, so it makes that golf vacation even more dynamic if you want. But at the core, it's great golf, great price, great fun. I love the South. There's so much uh, difference between the North and the South. I love the, the, the changes. I don't want to say the changes, but the differences between them. The barefoot area is fantastic with the four golf courses there and the entertainment sector of the barefoot. I love the quaintness of where I am down in Merle's Inlet, where I've never stayed before. And, and I just wanted to give a shout out to that uh, hotel for having me because it's, it's very cool. It's a very, if, you if you're into the outdoors, if you, if you kind of like that vibe, it's a very cool spot. It's a great location, too, because you can access two of my absolute favorites, which are True Blue in Caledonia, which I don't know if you can do any better than that, especially down in the South. It's as good as it gets. But um, events is a big part of the Myrtle Beach calendar as well. You just came off a big one with Dustin Johnson and his event here. How did that go? Yeah, we had the uh, Dustin Johnson World Junior Championship, which uh, in its third year is one of the top junior golf tournaments in the country. It's It's got a worldwide field. Uh, couldn't do it, obviously, without the support and help of Dustin. He came for two uh, second year in a row this year. Um, his uh, college golf coach and, and swing coach, Alan Terrell, uh, started the Dustin Johnson Golf Academy there at the TPC. And uh, he's a big supporter, naturally, as is FGI, Founders Group International, who owns the TPC. But it was a tremendous event. The Golf Channel was here. Morning Drive was here. Uh, uh, so it was an exciting time. And, you know, to see these kids, and it's, it's, it's like they're playing at a tour event. 
Um, so we're really proud of it. We're trying to support the game, you know, the game and junior golf at, at, the, at the highest level and all the way down to the recreational players. And that's just been a great model for us. And we've got a couple of big ones still to go. We, oh, I know there's stuff happening throughout the season, but we've got the Monday after the Masters event coming up, which I know is a big one. And then, of course, the World uh, Amateur, which has been going on. And would you know off the top of your head, how many years are we now in the World Amateur? Because it seems to me like 25, 30 years. 35, believe it or not. There you go. Okay. It's amazing, yeah. So that event continues to just, um, you know, not, it, it's, 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 it's still very relevant. You know, it's 3,300 golfers. It's the same time of year. The last week of August, it's a week long. We really haven't changed the format or anything about it. Uh, we've stayed trying to stay core to our roots uh, with that as well. Um, but we're really excited. Uh, this year is going to be another big year for us. Uh, we've got a great lineup of golf courses. Um, it, it, it's If you've not been to this event, uh, it's it's the Everyman's U.S. Open. It's just a great time, great parties every night, and great golf during the day. And it's really a, a once-in-a-lifetime experience. You really need to enjoy it. I love it here. I love the fact, again, just to say what I said off the top, you, you've stayed true to your core. You can come here. You can have a great time. It's relaxed. It's laid back. Uh, if you want to go for wings and beer, you go for wings and beer. If you want five-star dining, you go to that steakhouse. You have that. You've got tons of options, and the value's off the charts. I don't know if you're going to play better golf courses on the eastern seaboard than some of the golf courses here in Myrtle Beach, and there's a variety of designers and type of golf, which is great as well. Um, Bill, thanks so much for your time today, uh, and look forward to maybe doing this again throughout the year. When some of those events come around, we can touch base with you. I know we're going to try to be here for some of them as we are this week for the Can-Am matches, and uh, we'll, we'll take it from there. But it's an exciting year, and off to a great start. When it's 75 degrees and sunny and it's March, it seems to be like it's a good 2018 coming for you. I think you and I need to get on the golf course. That's what we need to do. But it's great having you here, and we really look forward to the rest of the year. Thanks, Bill. That is Mark Zucchino along with Bill Golden of Play Golf Myrtle Beach. Uh, Mark is down there. We'll hear from him a little bit more, especially in our next segment when we're going to talk about Tiger Woods. We'll uh, talk about that when we come back on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Acura, was brought to you by TaylorMade and TwistFace Technology. Experience straight distance from TwistFace, only in the new 2018 M3 and M4 drivers. Visit TaylorMade.ca for more information or to book your custom fitting today. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of Golf Talk Canada is brought to you by Moto Caddy and Stewart Golf Dream Machines, the Canadian market leader in electric walking golf trolleys. Sold in over 30 countries around the world, they offer the widest selection of golf trolleys for players of all ages, abilities, and budgets. For more information, visit jpsmgolf.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada on a St. Patty's Day. Beautiful day to uh, celebrate Rory McIlroy and Potty Harrington and Shane Lowry, even David Ferrety and our own little leprechaun, Mark Zucchino. <laughs> uh, he's, on, he's on location uh, in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, site of the uh, Can-I Matches this year, where it's the uh, Team Ontario taking on South Carolina Junior Golf Association squad. And uh, I'm sure Mark is... Uh, has already gotten into the heads of the South Carolina team to help our uh, our squad get a little bit of an advantage. What do you think about that? Can you do that? Well, I just said, yeah, do, do, you, do you always put your thumb on, on that part of the grip for yeah. all your swings? <laughs> <laughs> do you breathe in or breathe out on your backswing? That's that? the question. 
How long have you had that little hitch at the top of your backswing? Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. I see it's uh, it's it's uh, a couple of days of matches, and they got a big crew of. Uh, it's it's more than just matches here. I know we're going to get into this in a little bit, but I was looking through all the stuff. You got uh, sports psychologists there and strength coaches, and man, it's uh, it's quite a uh, quite a grooming of uh, our future stars down there. Yeah, you know, just to think, Bob. A couple of years back, it was Corey Connors leading our team in this event, and you know, almost a near win for Corey last week at the Valspar. So, it, uh, Team Ontario, a bit of a disadvantage from a competitive nature as you know reggie millage and his team is trying to they're trying to get their season kind of started right now so they mm. use this week as a training week and they bring in the psychologists and the trainers and and they kind of ramp up the year from this event where the south carolina team you know they've been playing competitive golf with each other against each other now for quite some time their season is well on its way uh but i guess the pro side or the plus side of that is what a great week to kind of start your training and, and put the team together to kind of kick it off so a bit of a disadvantage for this particular event from a competitive nature, but a great advantage to be able to access this week, use the courses, use the time together to put your team together and get those kids off to a good uh, start for this season. Pretty good, pretty good March break trip, so I can say that. Uh, listen, um, let's let's switch gears here, and uh, I don't know if there's much else that's going on in the golf world other than this guy tiger woods um it's funny how how i was i was talking to some guy last night and uh he was asking me all about tiger and what i thought and i said hey do you know who's leading the tournament and he went hmm no not really (laughs) so it is amazing the shadow that his return has cast over the golf world in a good way i mean the ratings for um for last week were off the charts as they were for for just about any time he's played so far this year but Give me what you, your impressions, because we haven't had a chance to chat really about this, of your impressions of what you've been seeing in Tiger the last sort of week and a half. Yeah, listen, I think it's a ton of positive science. It, I'm, I'm shocked by how quick this has come around. And, you know, even Tiger said in his, in his press conference, you know, a couple, a couple of months ago, you guys were asking me about back pain and, you know, what my schedule is going to look like. And now you're asking me why didn't I hit driver on 18 to win the, win the Valspar. So even the... Even the narratives change with the way the media treats him, and, and he's like the favorite now again. All of a sudden, now, you know, do I think you know we've all gone a little crazy, a little too far? Sure. And you know, there's those Twitter trolls out there pounding us on Twitter because we keep feeding the Tiger content like every other golf outlet. But hey, the end of the day is this guy still is the guy, and people, you know, the look at the, look at the TV numbers, Bob. The highest rated PGA Tour event, non-major since the 2013 Players' Championship. And who won that? Tiger. So uh, it's, you know, it, it is what it is. The numbers dictate this. People want to hear about Tiger. Um, the number that jumps out of me that I think is great is that he's almost increased his driving accuracy by 20% in the last few weeks. I know this week he's around 57, 58, but he's always creeping around that 60 number now. When we go back to... Uh, Torrey Pines, where he was hitting like 35% of his fairways and missing by 80 yards. Uh, I know he did that little bit of that at Riviera as well. Since Riviera, since he got to Honda, man, what an improvement in the driving accuracy. And I think that is a huge reason why he's been way more consistent uh, since uh, since those early starts. So for me, uh, it's B plus to A all the way when we consider – uh, what you know, where we were two, three months ago. This is incredible. Yeah, and, and and just to touch on that driver, I mean, let's let's be honest here. Even at his peak, Tiger was not the greatest driver of the golf ball in in terms of accuracy. 
he was, uh, you know, he sprayed a little bit. Remember, remember the famous statement that Stephen Ames came out when they were going to play in match play, and Tiger let him up for it. But it, but it was true. I mean, he's he's. It's never been his strong point. And if you look at uh, if you look at his stats right now, you're right. They are improving, but they're still not great. But they're, you know, his misses aren't. When he's missing a fairway, he's most times not. I won't say all the times because yesterday he, as his first tee shot, he uh, snapped one into the trees. Most time he's just in the rough and he can manage it out of there. Um, the the you know there's still like he said he just needs to tighten everything up and and when I look at some of the stuff that that I saw in the first two rounds this week um, his wedge play not around the greens but like a hundred yards out has been a little lacking to me he hit two wedge shots yesterday I think from 120 and 116 that ended up like 30 feet and and that's not going to be good enough to, if you want to win a tournament and win a Masters on the other side you know his putting is is getting better it's not great yet it's not that that he's not sinking those key clutch putts uh that he used to sink all the time but those i think will come and i and i think just overall everything is starting to get better and better week to week round to round although there are sort of sort of the two steps back or two steps forward one step back process with his game which is i think what he was saying to the media is hey let's not get carried away yet i'm only five tournaments in to this comeback yet so let's let's you know think about this uh in a little more realistic fashion yeah and 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 it's not easy right if it was easy everybody would be out there winning and and i agree it's just a little sloppy it needs a little tightening i, I like the improvements everywhere but like there's little signs of improvement everywhere but it needs to be tightened up and you know and, and wedge control and distance control and controlling your spin with the wedges and, and your flights, this is not an easy thing. Rory McIlroy for the last two years, two and a half years, has struggled incredibly with this. And signs of improvement lately in that category for Rory. But, you know, this is a guy who, along with Dustin Johnson and Sergio Garcia, were, was probably, you know, the, the three greatest drivers of the golf ball overall driving when it comes to accuracy and distance and shot shaping that the game's seen over the last two, three years. And, you know, no one would put more wedges in their hand than, than McElroy, than maybe Dustin. And it's pointless if you're going to hit those wedges to 25, 30 feet. And, you know, Rory's been doing it for two and a half years. So let's give Tiger, uh, again, like you, a little bit of a break here in the sense that it's been five tournaments. He's just come back. There's some tightening up that needs to be done. And these things aren't automatic. The one thing I do love, though, Bob, I love that he's doing it on his own. He's trying to get his old feels back. The answer's in the dirt. Just playing golf and swinging the club the way it feels natural to him. He's not stuck with some new swing guru trying to teach him a new way of swinging the golf club to what might be the greatest player of all time. I love that he's doing it on his own. Yeah. The other, the other thing that stands out for me is is not so much a technical thing, but he just seems to be having a lot of fun on the golf course. A couple of people have remarked to that to me. And he seems to be a little bit more comfortable in his own skin in terms of being out there, enjoying the crowd. You know, it's it was always about sort of trying to get the win. Now it seems to be he's kind of walking along and he's he's looking at the golf course. He's looking at the people. He's reportedly signing a lot more autographs than he's ever signed before. Um, he said, uh, someone asked him, uh, after the round, after last Sunday, said, "Who, you know, what was the most interesting text you got? Who was it from?" He said, "It was from Sam, you know, one of his children." So, uh, I think this is a um, this is a kind of uh, different tiger mentally, uh, personally than we've seen before too. Which I don't, I don't think that can hurt his game any. No, and and I don't know how you feel. I was uh, doing a few uh, hits this week for TSN stations. One of them was with, obviously, our our home here based in Toronto at TSN 1050. 
uh, with Scott MacArthur at Scotty's show in the afternoon. And, and Scotty and I both had the same feeling in the sense, I don't know how you feel about this, Bob, but I said that, you know, Tiger played his whole life for one reason and one reason only. It wasn't really, in my mind, about the love of the game or about the love of competition, although I'm sure he had that. He had that number 18 on his wall, chasing Jack Nicklaus's majors and trying to eclipse that. And that's, you know, he was almost born to chase that number. And I don't think it's, you know, that's totally different. I think now Tiger's playing because he is just so thankful that he gets to play what the only thing he's ever known in his life, which is to be a competitive golfer. And I think he is just glowing in the fact that he has that back in his life. And for a long time, he wasn't sure if it was coming back. So I think that right there in itself is the reason for the change in demeanor and attitude. And I'm with you. I think it's a a fresh new tiger. And, um, you know, I I just, I wish him nothing but the best. I, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we were all making fun that I called, you know, Phil Mickelson winning early this year and, you know, giving myself big pats on the back. But I also called that Tiger might retire this year, and I've said that. And I also have never been happier to be wrong in something. And I said that when I made that prediction. I said, I hope I am totally wrong. And Tiger, you know, completely, you know, makes me, you know, uh, eat my shoe, so to speak. Uh, <laughs> take my foot out of my mouth. And, and he has. And I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled about it, Bob, because, yeah. like, this is a huge – if he were to come back and win – you know, it's somewhere in the top three, four sports comebacks in history. Not golf, just sports. Sure, sure. You put it up with Ben Hogan or Mario Lemieux or any one of those. Uh, Tiger Woods, 68-72 in his first rounds. He is T-17. Let's hear from him now. Today was a hard fight. Um, it was a grind. I wasn't uh, wasn't sharp, but I hung in there and just kept grinding away and chipped away at uh, uh at the golf course, man, I, I didn't hit the ball close. I didn't hit the ball well, but I was just hanging in there, hanging in there, and just uh, trying not to shoot myself out of the tournament. Just keep myself in the tournament. I thought something in the red would be great today, and uh, just wasn't quite able to do it, but it came close. Uh, Mark, we got thir- like 30 seconds here. Just tell me uh, what you hear from that. What out of that? What you hear about Tiger? Doesn't it sound a little bit like a vintage Tiger who doesn't have his A game, but he still manages to put together a good round? Yeah, that's exactly it. And I love that we're talking about golf shots and scoring, and we're not having conversations about back and pain. To me, that's just a huge win in itself. Yeah, perfect. All right. Uh, when we come back, we're going to have a little chat, or Mark is going to have a little chat with Reggie Millage, who is the head provincial coach for Team Ontario, and uh, we'll find out uh, how his young charges are going to charge into battle here this week at the Can-Am Matches down in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. That's when we come back on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Moto Caddy and Stewart Golf Dream Machines, the Canadian market leader in electric walking golf trolleys. Sold in over 30 countries around the world, they offer the widest selection of golf trolleys for players of all ages, abilities, and budgets. For more information, visit jpsmgolf.com. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of Golf Talk Canada is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit weathertech.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Bob Weeks in the... uh 
stately headquarters here for Golf Talk Canada. Mark Sacchino on location in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, where the uh, Can-Am team matches are being played. And, Mark, they are taking place at the Wachesaw Plantation Club. I have that right? Yes, that's correct. It's a lovely private club and gated community here at the south end of Myrtle Beach, Bob Tom Fazio Golf Course. Greens are slick. Course is in perfect condition, about 90 days really ahead of schedule by the looks of it. And uh, Match is about to uh, get started here any any minute now. In about an hour's time, they're going to kick off the first matches in, the, in this team competition. So uh, nerves, nerves setting in right now to get this <laughs> thing going for Ontario. Uh, well, the guy who uh, is uh, is in charge of Team Ontario is a well-known guy around these parts, a fine player in his own right, and a great teacher, and uh, that's Reggie Millage, and you had a chance to chat with him a little late, a little earlier this week, so let's hear your conversation. Mark Sacchino and Reggie Millage. All right, standing on the putting green here with uh, head coach for Team Ontario, Reggie Millage. And Reggie, um, what do we got in front of us here today? How many boys, how many girls, age groups, and... Uh, What's the challenge ahead of us? Because I know it's been a while since uh, Ontario held the hardware, and this might be the year. Yeah, starting off with uh, throwing the good question right out there. <laughs> we got uh, eight boys, eight girls, um, you know, all from different parts of Ontario, and you know, essentially the best of their age group that our province has to offer. And so we're down here, ready to sort of go do battle, play matches against a similar group from uh, South Carolina. So I think we age in sort of 13 to maybe turn an 18 this year in sort of the age range so a lot of good uh, a lot of good talent here for sure and how are they qualifying how do they qualify through process or is it a selection process or is it based on last year's rankings um so we sort of have our provincial team that goes through a pretty good selection process in terms of results playing head-to-heads uh, sort of events within their own age group so we have uh, you know, just about everyone here has competed already at a very high level to get to our numbers of, of eight and eight. This is kind of almost really kicking off our season in a way in the sense that, well, at least back home, we're not golfing yet. It's March. How hard is it to prep? How hard does it get ready? I know you have access to a spectacular facility and, and all the best tools in the trade, but I'm assuming the team we're playing against has been able to be out on a golf course together as a team a lot more than, say, Team Ontario has. Yeah, I would think, I mean, that's one thing we always sort of struggle with, but this week, it's sort of like, where are we at our development and our season? I think a lot of them have put in a lot of reps and put in time and training, and a lot of them are working with our group of, of coaches and training staff and their own personal coaches. So this group is good, and they were put together because we knew they were going to work hard. Um, with that being said, it's always a challenge getting back outside on the grass. Um, I think the one thing we've seen in these matches over the number of years I've been down here is that I think we hit it. Our, our skill set is just as strong. It's just that sometimes the most scoring aspects of, you know, around the greens, chipping, putting, all that stuff that takes us a little bit of time to sort of get up to full speed. But um, that's why we come down here a few days early to try and sharpen those things up. Okay, the tough question now, because what, is, what are we, seven years? Eight years? What are we since we grabbed the hardware? This is the year. So what's the game plan and how we're going to hold our issues? First time since 2010. Uh, I believe so. This is, I believe, the sixth uh, Canadian matches that I've been involved. 
difference is, is we're kind of prepping as a whole. I mean, we use this week as a training week as well, sort of like you said, this is the opening of our season. Hopefully we get back home and we're not too long from being outside and sort of the start of competitive stuff, I, I believe. Also, we've trying to do more things to be ready just for this week. So um, they've all played events in the last month. We played an event in California with some good results this year in terms of some of the kids are actually coming out of the winter. We're not that far removed from the competition as opposed from being months and months away. A lot of them, have, every one of them here has played a tournament sort of within the last month, which is great. So we're not sort of coming totally out of the winter cold. We've got a little bit of experience with us. Reggie, you do a great job. Good luck this week. Uh, I can't speak enough about what you and the team do for junior golf in the province and then obviously growing nationally. So good luck and uh, let's go get the hardware regardless. Forget the fun. Let's just go get the win, okay? Yeah, we're going for it. This oh. is the year, Mark. This is the year. All right. Thanks, Reggie. <laughs> thanks. There's Mark Sacchino along with Reggie Millage, who is the uh, the head coach for Golf Ontario and uh, the team down there at the Can-Am matches. And uh, Mark, sounds like it might be a little windy conditions down there. Is it? Uh, how, <laughs> how are the conditions actually? Uh, seriously, how are the conditions going down there? Is it bright, sunny, warm? Yeah, mix of sun and cloud today. Uh, 22 degrees, warm. The wind's laid down. Uh, I caught Reggie at a, at a very windy spot uh, in one of their practice rounds there, and. Um, they were kids were getting ready, uh, working on some short game stuff. But uh, today's a perfect day for golf. You couldn't ask a better day for scoring. And I just want to give a, a shout out because Reggie is the head coach, but Dr. Uh, Nick Merchenko, strict, uh, strength and conditioning. Uh, Delaney Housen is uh, manager, player, co- coordinator. Charles Fitzsimmons, their sports psychologist, and Mallory Damon. So they all put in a lot of work on this team, and they all deserve a little round of a, uh, of applause for doing what they do for junior golf. And uh, Good luck to them. We'll see. It's been a while, Bob, since they grabbed the trophy, but uh, it is a great selection of players this year, and who knows, this could be the year. And as you said, you know, look at who's played it in the past, Corey Connors and uh, some of the other top names. It's a great, uh, great learning experience, no matter what the outcome is. You know what else is a great learning experience, my friend? You're going to learn that this week, when you come back, we're in the uh, we're in the house to start taping Golf Talk Canada TV is back, and 20 Weeks of TaylorMade is back, too. We're giving away $20,000 in TaylorMade product, including the grand prize, a through-the-bag tour experience with a full set of TaylorMade golf clubs accompanied with, this is the added bonus this year, a Stuart X9 electric walking trolley valued over $8,000. The only way you can win is to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Golf Talk Canada TV and Radio. Holy smokes. This is, uh, it's starting to heat up, my friend. It is really starting to heat up, isn't it? Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting back to Golf Talk Canada television starting this week, Bob. 20 weeks of TaylorMade is fun. And that YouTube channel, you know, it's going to be great. It's more than golf. It's, I think you and I are going to do a cooking show. Uh, <laughs> I hope you like hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I think, no, I, th- I know what you're getting at. We're going to have some fun with that YouTube channel. I'm really looking forward to it, and, uh, and I'm looking forward to, uh, to getting you back in here and getting the TV show back on the air. Yep, uh, and uh, my great North American tour ends. Uh, today. So I get to hand you, like I've said the last couple of weeks, <laughs> we're about to kick off the Bob Weeks uh, fly around the world season, <laughs> kicking off uh, any week now. So That's right. All right. Well, well we got a lot more coming up on Golf Talk Canada. Uh, still another hour to go. The expanded, the extended version. The expanded and extended version. I just created a new word there. Uh, and when we come back, <laughs> we're going to get into our winners, weird and what. That's coming up on Golf Talk Canada. 
This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit weathertech.ca. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Golf Talk Canada. For blogs, show archives, video highlights, and TV schedule, visit us online at golftalkcanada.ca. We'll be right back with more GTC. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. To plan your next golf holiday, visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Weeks in studio, Zucchino on location in beautiful Myrtle Beach. I forgot to ask you, Mark, have you actually uh, had a chance to play any golf this week? Uh, I played nine holes at Wachasaw Club, uh, Plantation Club, the other day just to get a feel for what the teams were going to face and uh, get a feel for the golf course. And uh, it was great. I only got a chance to play the front nine. And uh, I tell you what, they are going to face some firm, fast greens. They're about 11 and a half right now, which people, you know, some people think they're putting 11 and a half. Quite often, they, they have no concept of what 11 and a half firm and fast is. I know you do, being a member at Weston. You know exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. But well, got to keep below the hole here. The players need to be below the hole and on the right side of the flag here at this golf club. Well, with that nine holes in the in the bag, then you've only got about uh, sixteen thousand left to play down in Myrtle Beach. There's there's a <laughs> lot of golf down there and some really fun golf courses. All right, uh, right now is the it's time for the wacky, the wonderful, the strange, the odd, the I, maybe maybe even a rant here and there once in a while. But uh, right now it's time for Winners, Weird and What. And Mark, you have the tea. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Well, Bob, I... I, I... I'm sorry to disappoint, but there's, I don't think there's a rant this week. It's, it's, uh, it's a fairly positive, uh, a bit of a head-scratching winner's weird and what. But uh, we'll start on the positive side anyway with my winner. My winner are the boys and girls that are representing Ontario down here. And I, and I should really use the, the term wonderful young men and women because I have had a chance to meet them, the way they carry themselves, the level of talent. We should all be very proud. You know, golf's in, in a very good spot in Canada uh, due to uh, – uh, the people at Golf Ontario, the people at Golf Canada, but at the end of the day, it falls into the future players, the future people that are going to love and take care of our game. And um, I just want to quickly run through these names and give them all a shout-out, and I apologize if I uh, mispronounce any of the names for our Team Canada, but eight boys are Tristan Renaud, Robbie Ladder, Sean Sarah, Dylan Henderson, Matthew Anderson, Freddie D'Angelo, Bennett Ruby, and Shadarshan Yelamanjara. Uh, that's your boys' team. On the girls' side is Sarah uh, Bea, Jasmine Lee, Haley Katana, uh, Rasha Seek, Vanessa Chikran, uh, Haley McLaughlin, Taylor Kehoe, and Victoria Zhang. Congratulations to all players, and well done. You're my winner this week, regardless of the outcome. My winner, Bob, did we wake up in a time warp a couple of weeks ago? Is it 2018 or is it 2008? So Phil gets it done in Mexico. Tiger almost wins and is the favorite now everywhere he tees it up, it seems. 
Michelle Lee gets her first victory in, what, four or five years a couple weeks back. Now she's got a chance to win again this week. And Lydia Ko and Brooke Henderson missed the cut on the LPGA Tour. What year are we in? What has happened? <laughs> it's like Bizarro it's like World, and and Bizarro world from Superman. It is. Like, are you and I going to wake up and be 10 years younger? Am I going to have a full set of hair? Is that, is that what... <laughs> we can only hope. <laughs> <laughs> be unbelievable. I, I'm not complaining. It's just weird. And and my what this week, and you'll find this interesting, Bob, and this is to all the Twitter trolls. Okay, so all the Twitter trolls that you know, sit in your basement eating large bags of cheesies, just firing out anything you want without any accountability and mouthing off, talking about too much tiger. And, you know, Jeff McDonald, our program director at TSN 1050, he'll, he'll enjoy this and he'll appreciate this as well. When I had the opportunity to meet these boys and girls down here for Team Ontario, ranging from the ages of 13 to 18. Well, let's even go with the 18-year-olds. The last time Tiger Woods won a major championship, these 18-year-olds were eight years old. And some of the players on this team were three years old. And when I asked them, who do they like at Augusta? Who's going to win at the Masters? I got one name from every single one of them. Tiger Woods. Absolutely bizarre. It's my what this week because I'm just shocked. But, you know, I know he carries that weight with you and I, Bob. I know he carries that weight if you're 30-something, if you're 20-something, if you're 50-something, if you're 60-something. But he transcends not only sports but generations. You've got a bunch of kids here that were five, six, seven years old when it was going down, and they all screamed Tiger Woods at Augusta. Head scratching, but uh, there it is—the straw that still stirs the drink. It is pretty amazing when you think of how long that legacy has been and how long it's been since he's been around. Uh, but you're right; it's uh, he's still there, and even uh, though this, those kids probably don't remember a lot of what he accomplished, they they certainly are aware of it. All right, my turn. I have the tea. So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball. Mark, my winner this week is a bit of a sad note, but I wanted to pay tribute to uh, to a guy who was a winner in Canadian golf, an understated winner, and that's Jerry Anderson, who uh, passed away suddenly this week. And it was, or it was announced this week. And and Jerry, for those of you who don't know, was uh, the consummate touring professional. He toured all over the world. He and he has a couple of notable distinctions. First of all, he is the first, and to this point, I think only Canadian to win on the European tour. And when he did win that tournament at uh, the European Masters, he set a scoring record that stood for 19 years, a four-round scoring record. Ernie Els finally broke it, but he had a scoring record that stood for 19 years. He came back after traveling around uh, all over Europe, all over Africa, South uh, South America he played in. He played in uh, Asia. He played in Australia. Um, and he came back and he got onto what is now the Web.com tour. It was known as the Ben Hogan tour. Remember when, when they used to call it that? And he was the first. Yes, I do. Yeah, he was the first Canadian to win on that circuit. And uh, he was a fun-loving guy. He eventually kind of settled in the in the Hamilton Cambridge area. He worked at a number of golf courses. The last one he was working at was Credit Valley, where he was a pretty darn good teacher as well. Um, he got inducted into the Ontario Golf Hall of Fame a number of years ago and the PGA of Canada Hall of Fame. And I'm thinking now, probably posthumously, he should probably get a spot in the Canadian Golf Hall of Fame. He was a wonderful guy, and I'm, I'm my, my condolences go out to uh, his wife and his two children. 
Uh, my weird this week, and, and you'll like this one, um, my weird this week is I was looking through the stats after the first two rounds of the Arnold Palmer Classic, uh, Invitational, I should say, and do you know who is leading the strokes gained putting category? <laughs> it is. I saw this, Bob, and I was shocked when I saw it. Rory McIlroy, the guy who was five putting just a couple of weeks ago, is number one in putting this week. He uh, strokes gained in the first round, 2.696. Strokes gained putting in the second round, 3.149. For the first two rounds, he is 5.845. He is picking up almost six shots on the field with his putting. And it turns out that there's a little bit of a reason, perhaps, why his putting has suddenly started to turn around a little bit. He had a conversation and a little session last week uh, with none other than Brad Faxon. Now, he works with a different putting coach, but Faxon lives near him in Jupiter, Florida. The two of them met, uh, and they did a few, a little bit of tinkering, a little bit of uh, massaging of his stroke, but they also went to a longer putter. It's about an inch and a half, almost two inches longer that he's using this week. And so far, anyway, touch wood, it seems to, uh, seems to be paying off. And I'll tell you, with the rest of his game in pretty good order, if he can get that putter working, suddenly I think he might vault up the betting sheet uh, for Augusta National, wouldn't you think? Yeah, well, that's the big elephant in the room for Rory, right? That opportunity to uh, put that face on the uh, the Mount Everest of professional golf to, to capture the career grand slam. And as you've said many times, Bob, the longer that goes, the longer that quest goes, history tells us that it, the odds of it happening are unlikely because most players get it done in their first three tries. But I'm with you. If you can get the putter going, that might uh, that might just vault him to the top of that uh, that list. It's certainly in the mix anyway. Yeah. Uh, my, uh, and my what this week is, what the heck is going on with the mayor of Vancouver? His name is Gregor Robertson, if you don't know. And they had a uh, city council meeting this week where they were talking about spending $3 million to upgrade the uh, the sprinkler system at one of their really fine um, municipal courses called Langara, which is a course that goes back to the 1920s. It is a fabulous... The municipal golf courses in Vancouver are really superb. They're really good golf courses. So, uh, unfortunately, at this meeting, however, the mayor said, well, we don't want to race headlong into spending $3 million on golf course drainage. In fact, we want to look at perhaps maybe uh, turning this into parkland or a track and field facility or uh, uh, something else altogether. And I'm thinking, you know, this makes me so mad. Why is it only golf courses that get picked on? Why do people only look at, or mayors especially, or or city councillors, look at turning golf courses into parkland? Why not uh, baseball fields? Why not football fields? Why not soccer fields? Um, Anything. I just don't understand why it's always golf, because golf has this bad perception i think among people that it's just for rich people but these municipal golf courses are what really breeds uh, the next generation of golfers and i and i think they create jobs for one thing for people uh, so a lot of them are summer student jobs and they uh, bring in a revenue in fact it says in this report that these golf courses actually make money for the city so why would you want to turn it into something um, a little bit different I, I mean i understand there's some need perhaps for parkland but there's a lot of options out there if you want parkland you know what, Bob? It drives me absolutely insane. Uh, it's because golf is looked upon as an elitist sport, which is completely wrong. What an, ar- an, an archaic view that's 50 years behind. Do some research before you open your mouth and city council start blabbing off. You know, I deal with this at my golf club, the Toronto Hunt, in, in, in you know, in the 416, in the, in basically in the downtown core, practically, of Toronto. Uh, golf courses... Uh, Look at what the golf industry does for the economy in Canada. 
Look at what it does for green space. These places, these places could be condos or paved. Would you prefer that? Uh, they're environmentally responsible, especially in Canada with our, our rules and regulations on what you can put down and, and what you need to plant as a responsible citizen of the community. Get your facts in order before you start plowing things over. So it's, it's just so irresponsible. But you know what? Kind of that's the, the modern-day politician in North America, isn't it? That's and there's an example of success in the sport we love. Yeah, that's exactly it. All right. Uh, when we come back, we're going to uh, hear a conversation that, uh, that Mark had with the head dude at Golf Ontario, Mike Kelly. That's coming up next on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Acura, was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. To plan your next golf holiday, visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cedar Bray Golf Club. Premier golf in a perfect natural setting close to home. Limited memberships are still available for 2018. Don't be shut out. Visit cedarbraygolf.com today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Saturday, St. Paddy's Day, March Madness is going on. Women's World Curling Championships going on. It's a full busy day. Uh, TSN. Uh, we are keeping you here for until the top of the hour with a little bit more golf coverage. And um, to start off with uh, this segment, let's uh, listen to Mark Sacchino, who had a chance to chat with one of our good pals here at uh, Golf Talk Canada, the executive director of Golf Ontario, Mike Kelly. With a good friend of Golf Talk Canada here at the range at Wachasaw Plantation, executive director of Golf Ontario. And you know, I almost said uh, GAO, by the way, three times since I arrived, but I'm still solid on camera and mic yeah, with Golf Ontario. That. The executive director, good friend Mike Kelly. Uh, Mike, we couldn't pick better weather to get this uh, Can-Am matches started. This is spectacular. You know, it can be dodgy sometimes. You know, you never know in the spring down in the south, but this is perfect. This is ideal. Uh, I mean, it was actually dodgy earlier in the week right. so i mean probably one of the best parts about coming down to myrtle beach this time of year is things are just starting to bloom you know so you kind of get that feeling like spring is on its way and uh you know these matches alone um are held at a phenomenal golf course uh the watch plantation club so we're very lucky to be here gorgeous weather this weekend should be great matches it's interesting because I always had an opportunity to go out yesterday. I couldn't believe how fast the greens were. They're over 11. They're firm. The players are going to be challenged, especially around the greens. I like the fact, though, that everything's in front of the players. So, so the juniors, they don't really need a ton of home course knowledge around here. What you see is what you get, but leave it under the hole. The greens are just spectacular and tricky and firm. Um, I know it's been a while. I, I, you know, I spoke to Reggie uh, earlier before uh, when I got down I said, is this the year uh, Team Ontario brings home the hardware? So uh, I'm putting the good word out there. But this is a good assembly. Yeah, it is a great. I mean, the talent level. You know, we look at the range. We look at the players. We had some of the best, the top talented uh, juniors in both Ontario and South Carolina. So, I mean, the talent's there. Uh, you know, our kids take a little bit of adjustment to the, to the Bermuda grass. Um, but this is a team event, which is totally different than what the kids are typically, the athletes are typically used to. So they're playing not only for themselves, but they're playing for the, for the team. They're playing some of the, the, the best kids in the United States. Uh, I mean, what could you ask for in terms of prep for the coming golf season? 
Uh, walk us through the format a little, Mike, because it is a team event. You're going to play two days of official matches. I know Team Ontario is also used this week for training and team bonding and things of that nature. But the matches themselves, what are the formats over the two days? Well, as you know, tonight is the big banquet, like Ryder Cup style. So <laughs> the anthems and the kids are marched in. They all, you know, they all look very formal with their with their suits on, and it's a very special evening, which will roll into uh, tomorrow in uh, four ball matches. So the four ball matches will go at about 11:30 tomorrow. Um, the interesting thing is it's a point per hole, which um, generally doesn't really work well for us because if you if you if by chance somebody gets beat badly, it's tough to come back from. But it's a different that way, so it's not just a point for a win in the in the in the overall match. It's a point per hole. So it's four ball matches tomorrow Saturday, and then singles matches on Sunday. Well, it should be close. The kids are pumped. I had a chance to speak to some of them. Both teams are here, kind of getting ready, set to go. So it'll be fun. It'll be good. Uh, good luck to Team Ontario. Good luck to Mike. And uh, we'll be all over it the next couple of days here. Watch Saw Plantation. And there is uh, Mark Sacchino along with uh, Mike Kelly, the uh, executive director of Golf Ontario. And this is a this is a great format a great experience for these kids to come down there and play and enjoy themselves and um, I just can't say enough about uh, about what this could mean for these kids going going forward and I guess they're all like pretty darn talented too aren't they yeah incredibly talented like we said Bob we're just a couple of years removed from, from players like Corey Connors you know who, who we see and, and you know Augusta James and just players now uh, you know making making a living on a global stage that were in this event just a handful of years ago and, and it's funny, Mike Kelly was playing with um, one of our young uh, players from our uh, our female uh, qu- uh, squad. Um, yeah, I think it was yesterday or the day before when they were out as a, as a team. And um, I think it was Sarah Bea, I believe you pronounce her last name. Anyway, uh, little, little thing, but just a tiny, uh, not the tallest, not the biggest, it just... You know, maybe five foot four, five foot five. That doesn't look like there's a lot to her. And Mike said, "Listen, in about six holes in, he says, can you lay off the driver a bit? I'm starting to feel weird. You're blowing it 40 yards by me." <laughs> <laughs> and she's driving par fours, and she's like three under par. And poor, uh, poor Mike was like, uh, "Oh man, I'm really no good at this game." <laughs> he says to me. <laughs> Show how, how different the game has changed and how talented these young players are. It's uh, it is amazing to see. I mean, how good these young kids can get at, at such a young age. Because I mean, I don't know about you, but when I started playing golf, really, I was like twelve or thirteen, and nobody, no kids played golf before that age. And now they're starting, you know, basically moments after they uh, get out of diapers. Yeah, I started actually for for my generation. I started very young. My father got me started uh, at age seven, which you know at the time was unheard of, really. Um, but you're right; nobody I grew up with played golf. Like even when I got to high school level, we you know we had a we had a high school golf team. There was maybe ten kids in the entire high school that played golf, and we needed a team of five to be able to compete at a provincial level, and we you know, scraped out a team of five from that 10. And, uh, but you're right. No, no one played. It wasn't exactly the coolest thing in the world. And now you've got kids walking around every day dressed as Ricky Fowler in their day-to-day life. So I don't, <laughs> something happened along the way. And I think his name was Tiger Woods, but, uh, but you know what, the earlier you start something in life, you know, how, how kids adapt and learn so quickly. And, 
And now with the programs in place from Golf Canada, Golf Ontario, etc., we take these kids at such a young age, and you got to see how talented these players are at 13, 14, 15, etc. And a lot of them committed already, Bob, to major schools in the U.S. to play NCAA golf. So it's a different world, uh, and it's a different sport, but it's fun to watch them. Uh, it's fun to watch them go around. If, uh, if you ever have the opportunity to go out and watch a high-level junior event, whether, whether it's uh, something operated by uh, you know, Golf Ontario or, or Team Canada or uh, Junior Canadian. Golf Association, yeah, Canadian yeah. Junior Golf anything Association, like, yeah. They're, yeah. Anything like that, if you have an opportunity, I suggest you go out and watch an hour or two of golf. You'd be shocked at the level of play from a 14-year-old. And you never know who you might be watching. You could be watching a future uh, PGA Tour player. We had an, an event uh, called the Mizuno Cup at Weston for a number of years, and one of the guys who played in that was a young kid with long hair named Ricky Fowler. So uh, they're everywhere, these kids. <laughs> these kids are too good. They're awesome. Uh, when we come back on Golf Talk Canada, a little Scully time. We're going to bring producer Adam Scully in to chat a little bit more about uh, what's going on with Tiger Woods and the, and the rest of the guys on the PGA Tour because there are some good stories out there. That's coming up when we get back on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Cedar Bray Golf Club. Premier golf in a perfect natural setting close to home. Limited memberships are still available for 2018. Don't be shut out. Visit cedarbraygolf.com today. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and new Tour 360. Visit adidasgolf.ca. Adidas, geared for more. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sakito and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada on a St. Paddy's Day Saturday. What a, uh, talk, talk about luck of the Irish having St. Patrick's Day on Saturday, man. <laughs> This town is going to explode. Uh, a lot of towns are going to explode tonight. And uh, Mark Skeen is on location down in Myrtle Beach, where Team Ontario is about to take on Team South Carolina in the Can-Am matches. And joining us now in the studio is producer Adam Scully. So, gentlemen, I want to ask you a couple of questions here, and I'll, I'll pose this out, and Mark, you can answer first. Patrick Reed wearing red and black <laughs> on Sunday. Is that a slap to Tiger, or is he just, like, blind and oblivious to uh, sort of the, the code out there on the tour? I think it's a typical Patrick Reed. <laughs> I think I think it's more blind and oblivious. I think he loved Tiger. Uh, he's always open about how much he wanted Tiger to come back on tour. So I do think he has an appreciation for Tiger. But at the end of the day, when I saw it, it rubbed me the wrong way. I'm like, come on, buddy. But that that's Reed, and... Uh, you know, he's kind of known for that. But at the end of the day, I don't think he really thought, hey, I'm taking a shot at Tiger. Uh, I think it was more oblivious. That still didn't make me enjoy it anymore. I don't know how you guys feel, but, but come on, man. Yeah, it was really interesting when he first did it uh, a number of years ago when he made that infamous top five in the world. At Doral. Uh, at Doral, yeah, when, when he made that remark. And he always said that he looked up to Tiger. I find it unique now that Tiger's sort of taking him under his wing, so to speak, uh, through the relationship starting at the Ryder Cup and then this past uh, September at the President's Cup. Uh, Patrick Reed, I mean, I guess he can rub some people the wrong way. Uh, I, it's the, He likes to be 
the villain, so to speak, whether it's in the Ryder Cup or maybe he's not the most liked guy on tour. But uh, I, 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 th- I, w- I want to say that Tiger wears it better, if that makes any more sense. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> 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 wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But uh, I mean, if, if Reed continues to play well, he can wear whatever he wants. Hey, uh, next question. What did you think of that shirt Tiger had on yesterday? Yes or no, Mark? Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, I don't know. Was it, I don't know. You know, was it TV guys? You know, because it had that weird pattern in it up the side. And looked like tie dye or something, right? It kind of did uh, look I like tie dye. Yeah. I wasn't huge on it at all, but I'm also wondering if TV made it look worse than than what it maybe, maybe appeared. I'm not not a fan, you know, of that particular shirt, but. You know, if he shoots 64 in it, I'd say wear it again. Yeah, exactly. I have, I have a similar one, but it's it's in lime, and it's, it's staying in the closet. <laughs> All right. Uh, in, honor, in honor of St. Paddy's Day, I'll go to this one. I'll go to, to Adam first on this one. Uh, your favorite Irish golf course. Oh, baby, for sure. Um, so I got the, a chance to play Royal County Down and uh, Royal Port Rush in 2014 on a great dads and lads trip. I personally enjoyed Port Rush more only because I will say there are a couple of things. Uh, we played County Down literally about four hours after we landed in Ireland. So I didn't know what time in the world it was and, and uh, didn't play quite as well. But at Port Rush, uh, I happened to shoot 77. My dad was 75. We actually saw Darren Clark chipping before the round, uh, which, really? was, which was pretty cool. So I've, I'll show you the photo after. And one of the guys in our group uh, didn't realize it was Darren Clark. He was walking down with his head down and said, hey, sir, do you mind if I take some of your practice balls? And he looked up, and Darren Clark just looked him straight in the eyes and said, nope. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, Mark? Well, I don't know, Bob. That question's like asking an Italian what his favorite pasta dish oh, is. Wow. It's like, <laughs> exactly. Wow. You like you know I could give you a hundred, but you know I love the the picks at Skull made. Uh, those are both tremendous golf courses. For me, at the end of the day, I love the Southwest region of Ireland. That's my favorite. Uh, if I had to pick one, I'd go to Old Head Golf Links in Kinsale, Ireland. It is like Pebble Beach on crack. We have seventeen holes. There's only one hole that isn't Oceanside Cliffside, which is the first hole that gets you out to the cliffs. From there on, you go 17 holes, 500 feet above the Irish Sea. It is just so dramatic. It's like heli golf, and uh, absolutely adore the place. All right, back to you, Mark, for this one. Your favorite Irish golfer? Oh wow! Oh, favorite Irish golf. Well, I, you know, are we including Northern Irish in this as well? Yes, Bob? absolutely. Yeah. They, okay. They... So, uh, you know, I love. Uh, I, I, you know, I love Rory. How can you not love Rory? He's awesome. Uh, what he's done, I think we forget sometimes what Rory has done at such a young age, what he's been able to accomplish. Some of those major championships that he's won by eight shots, like those were Tiger-esque performances. Uh, and he just, when he's got it going, it's a beautiful thing to watch. It looks very natural. It's the furthest thing in the world from mechanical and at the end of the day, I think you know there's still more majors to come from Rory at some point, whether it's this year, who knows? But I'll go with Rory. All right, and I'll, I'll go with Darren Clark, who uh, who's had quite a career, uh, won that major at Royal Birkdale, really out of the blue. Was it was it Birkdale? I think it was Birkdale at out of the blue uh, <laughs> in, in 2011 um, when he won that uh, won that tournament. He, he, he won was St George's, I think. Right, sorry, St George's. You're correct. I'm thinking different tournament. Um, but he had he had great success in the Ryder Cup. He just seems like one of those guys that 
any guy on tour would just love to sit down and have a beer with and has a lot of respect for. Yes, the Ryder Cup didn't quite go as planned when he was the captain, but maybe some of the guys on his team didn't quite perform the way they, they could have. But I have a lot of respect for Darren Clark. Dar- Darren Clark, uh, I loved him. I, I fell in love with him when, when he came into the press conference after he won with a Guinness. <laughs> well, and, and that was the same one where it was the the, the morning after the, he won the Open Championship and said, I haven't been to bed yet. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and, and he was reading. He said, I, well, I want to read all these messages on my phone, but the font is just too damn small. <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chime in here because my favorite uh, is a guy I've had a chance to work with a few t- few times back in the day was uh, David Farity. Oh, and, yes. Uh, and people people don't realize what a good golfer he was. He was a, oh, rider, yeah. he was a rider cupper. He won yep. on the European Tour, and, uh, and he was a heck of a player. And... Um, uh, has has some cool connections to Canada. Interesting one. He played. He was over here doing an event that we worked on. It was Jack Nicklaus and Tom Watson playing an exhibition match in Prince Edward Island. He was broadcasting, and at one point, Tom Watson and David Faraday ended up in a cottage together, and they talked for about three or four hours. And that's when uh, David Faraday uh, turned uh, stopped drinking. It was a huge problem for him. Wow. And Tom Watson was the guy who convinced him to stop drinking. He hasn't had a drink since. Wow, and and that was a very publicized thing during his show as well. And and he was very, you know, talking about how Tom helped him, and uh, and he's he's not one of the most. He, you almost watch the golf broadcast to to listen to him because he's so witty and he had such a different take to the game than some of the other people in the game do. So he's one of the most well respected guys, and I that's that's a cool story. Mark, I know you've done a little stuff with him as well, introducing him and in some of the things in his stand up stuff, right? Yeah, when he did the uh, one man tour. Uh... Uh, his, uh, you know, Faraday on tour for mm. Canada, I, you know, opened up for him and, you know, warmed up the crowd a little, introduced him at a few stops. And uh, he's a great guy. I remember many years ago, too, when, uh, in a former life of mine, when uh, we were uh, selling uh, advertising for the Masters in Canada and doing marketing plans, we had him up, oh, I'm going to say 15 years ago to, you know, do Masters talks in Canada as well. And, you know, he was actually, I, I believe, at that time, still uh, still uh, enjoying a pint here or there. In fact, I can confirm that because we had a few at lunch that day. But he's always been nice to me, and I, he always has time for people, which I really like. You know, interesting, I want to throw this back at you guys because mm-hmm. uh, I'm a fan, and I agree with everything you said. And I understand why he made the move to NBC. It makes a lot of sense for him to go to NBC with his connections at the Golf Channel, etc., but is it is it me, or does he seem to have I don't know a more quiet a demeanor or a lesser role within the live broadcast from moving to CBS and NBC? In my memory, when he was at CBS, it seemed like him and McCord were going back and forth for three and a half hours. Yeah, and. Mm-hmm. You just don't get him as much of him on NBC. I, I agree 100. percent I think they they haven't used him quite to his strengths yet, and I think uh, you know that might change. We'll see. But I, I agree. We, we I seem to hear less of uh, of him than when he was on CBS. Okay, I got one more for you before we go to break. Which is more surprising here, the fact that Brooke Henderson has now missed two cuts, Ooh. or the fact that Mac Hughes has only made two cuts? Scully, we're gonna go. To I, I I think it's uh, more surprising for Brooke that she's you know missed these two cuts only because Mac Hughes has had such a wild uh, little what six month stretch here. He became a father. It's it's a very you know it's a second full full year on tour. It's just a very unique and crazy time for him. But Brooke, she's in such great form, and to miss two cuts is just bizarre. Mark, uh, I'm gonna go the other way. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> Brooke plays so much mm-hmm. golf. And, is, and she's not a North American player either. She'll, she'll travel, she'll play, 
all around the world. Look, she won in New Zealand last year. So it's not like she's, you know, uh, lollygagging it. And I think eventually, you know, if you play that much golf, sooner or later you're going to hit a rut in the road no matter how good you are. And I, and I think that's all it is. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if she goes out and wins her next start. Uh, Max Hughes, yes, sure. Second year on tour sometimes, you know, the sophomore jinx, etc. But... He's such a talented player. He was a winner in his rookie campaign. He's seen most of these golf courses before now at least once. I know he went through a lot of change off the golf course, but I'm surprised uh, at the start. And, um, I, I, you know, I expected uh, him to be sharp regardless, and, and it hasn't happened. I hope it does. He's such a great guy and a great player, but I, I find it more surprising for me the Mac Hughes side of this uh, coin. Yeah, he's going to play the weekend at uh, at Bay Hill. That's only the second time. The other uh, cut he made was at the Honda Classic. He has missed uh, missed nine cuts in ten ten starts coming into this week. So it's been a uh, been a rough stretch for for Mac. And he did say that perhaps taking the baby on the road with him for the first little bit in the fall uh, was probably not the best idea. They uh, in hindsight because they. Uh, they he didn't get a lot of sleep, but listen, it's uh, it's it's a family stuff. So I think that uh, supersedes uh, the golf. Mm-hmm. All right, when we come back, we're going to check out the leaderboards. There aren't too many going on around here, but we'll have a look at that and we'll uh, continue our conversation right here on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Adidas Golf and New Tour Three Sixty. Visit AdidasGolf.ca. Adidas geared for more. This segment of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura, is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada, Saturday, St. Patty's Day. I hope you're uh, celebrating in whichever way you would like, whether it's green beer or green tea. Whatever you like. Green and, hair, uh, maybe. Yeah. Um, Mark Sakino is down in South Carolina in Myrtle Beach at the uh, Canada matches. Mark, uh, um, are you loving it down there? <laughs> are you happy? You got Mrs. You got Mrs. Golf Talk Canada with you, so you must be enjoying uh, some fine stuff going on. She's had an opportunity to, I guess, jump out uh, once or twice with me on the road this year. So I've been, as you guys know, been on a whirlwind tour for three months, and this finally comes to an end but i've always loved the south but looking forward to getting home looking forward to getting gpc tv started this week and as we now ramp up for the masters you know i can smell augusta so that that's fantastic and uh hey we got a lot of great stuff going on and i love the storylines and i'm looking forward to getting home i miss you boys i haven't seen you in ages and i just you know it's been a while want to thank thank you both because i'm so lucky to be able to work with you guys and great team etc that have uh carried the ball why i've been uh efforting for pga tour radio and others so uh looking forward to getting back in studio and uh and putting the putting the feet up on the desk for a while Bob. <laughs> well i wish i could say the same but uh, <laughs> 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 uh <laughs> yeah tv back this weekend we got some good exciting stuff going on with tv we're going to have some uh, more hour-long shows i believe yeah. 
Uh, of course, we got 20 weeks of TaylorMade. Let me get, throw that out one more time, starting uh, April 11th on Golf Talk Canada TV. We're giving away $20,000 in TaylorMade product. That's like M3s and M4s and Ribcore and all the great stuff they got going. It's including the grand prize, which is a through-the-bag tour experience with a full set of TaylorMade golf clubs accompanied this year. This is the added bonus, a Stuart X9 electric walk, walking trolley, which is valued at over $8,000. The only way you can win is to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Golf Talk TV, Golf Talk Canada TV, and radio. Some exciting stuff happening. Um, lots of exciting stuff happening on the PGA Tour. Yes. Uh, producer Adam Scully, right now, give yes. me your prediction of what Tiger is going to do today. Well, I, as Tiger uh, yesterday, he was sort of, he clearly didn't have his A game, but he grinded out a 72. He had a couple lip, lip outs. If, if this was the case, if this was him playing, you know, three years ago, that would have been a 75 or 76. But he found a way to, to grind out a, a, a pretty decent round giving, given the uh, conditions out there. I wouldn't be surprised if it's another two to three under par if, if uh, he, you know, he's has a, a bit of a long shot chance coming into Sunday. I mean, he is seven shots off the pace uh, to Mr. Uh, Henrik Stenson. I will say, Tiger has trailed after 36 holes in four of his eight victories at Bay Hill, including a seven-shot deficit in 2008. <laughs> so who knows? I'm not saying he's going to win, but who knows? Uh, before I get Mark's reaction, let's just quickly, I forgot, we've got to go over the leaderboards here. And uh, you mentioned Henrik Stenson, Bryson DeChambeau, are uh, atop the leaderboard at 11 under par. Taylor Gooch is at 9 under, Ben on at 7. And then you got Charlie Hoffman at 7. And then there's a few players here mm-hmm. of a note, uh, Ricky Fowler and, and Billy Horschel, Luke List and Patrick Reed and Ryan Moore, all at 6 under par. On the LPGA Tour, the Bank of Hope Founders Cup in Arizona, we have American Sydney Clanton uh, leading. Arya Jatanagar in one shot off the pace. And we have Maudie LeBlanc, the Canadian. She is just five shots off the pace. And as we mentioned before, Brooke Henderson, a second miscut. cut. Uh, Derek Bard leads the uh, PGA Tour Latino America event, which is in Guatemala. The Guatemala Stella Artois Open. I'd like oh, to play in that one. Wow. Uh, ben Poland is, uh, is in second place at 11 under par. Brian Martin at 10. Top Canadian, Gerard Dutois who uh, had a roll in there and then started to stumble on his back oh. nine yesterday with uh, three bogeys. But he yeah. is T40 at four under par. A number of Canadians, including Russell Budd, Derek Gillespie, and Blair Hamilton, missed the cut. Uh, that's There's not a lot going on, right? I mean, Can, I, I, can I give one quick shout-out, speaking of leaderboards? This is to Mama Scully, who shot her career low this week in Florida. Whoa! 77. Whoa! Big time, 77. 77 for Ruth Scully. What is her uh, handicap? Uh, it's, go, it's going down as we speak. <laughs> yeah, that's right. She shot 77-81 in a two-man event. They won by about 37 shots. Her amateur status is in question because she won so much money. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, she's uh, she's on fuego right now. Uh, Mark, uh, before we get going here, just what are your expectations for Tiger for today and, and for the for the weekend? Well, well, first thing, Mama Scully, <laughs> got to be careful. You have to defend your parent-child. Yeah, you don't I know. Too low, Ooh, all yeah. right? All that means is that mine's going up fast. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and, as far as Tiger goes, I expect a bounce back round. You know, I don't. He's not going to win, but I expect him to play two solid rounds of golf. Probably finish in the top ten, and just start to work on more confidence as we move towards the big one, which we all know he's thinking about Augusta. He unfortunately will not, you know, play this upcoming week with a match play. Always a fun event. Not going to happen for him, but uh, something to watch for, guys. Just something I've kind of just picked up on the last few times I've been watching him. You know, when, when he's playing really well, 
you uh, you watch his half swings, his stinger swing, his three quarter quarter iron shots. He covers the ball longer, yeah. and he finishes finishes lower and releases the club. When he goes at it full throttle, that's when he starts to peak and come out of it a bit with his left shoulder and his left hip and misses that big one to the right. Mm-hmm. When he can match up that follow-through to cover the ball longer when he's going at it full throttle like he does with his three-quarter shots, which he has done on occasion on a couple rounds this year, look out. That, that's the one little mechanical thing where I think if he could just, when he goes at it full, if he could just finish low to the ground and, and finish without peaking with that left side, he's going to be dangerous. That's a, yesterday he was leaping at it a little bit, and it only went away with his three-quarter shots. So I'd like to see him hit a lot more three-quarter shots, to be honest with you, especially with the irons. That stinger. Well, that one he hit off the first tee yesterday, you can notice it looked like the old Tiger with that big drop, right, of, yeah. the, of the body, and then it gets kind of yeah. twisted around with it, and he has to, has to kind of flip that stuff, and obviously the club face shut on him and he hooked it in there he's had a couple of like bad opening tee shots have you noticed that it's, it's sort of been the case over the years though right i guess but it's just sort of stunning to me that you come from the range and you're all warmed up and and, and you got an iron in, the, in <laughs> your hands but anyway we'll see what happens today uh he is uh what time is he's, he he's taking off at twelve fifteen eastern with justin rose oh okay henrik stenson and bryson dechambeau that's uh, henrik uh, justin rose i think is mark Sacchino's pick at the masters you did that say right? that yes one of his picks? Yes, it is. All right. 20 to 1, boy. 20 to 1. Okay. Wow. 8 to 1 for Tiger. That's not a bet. I'm not betting that one. <laughs> no bueno. Uh, Mark, enjoy, enjoy the Can-Am matches. Cheer on Team Ontario. We'll see you back yes. here next week. And please, if you would, give us your famous sign-off. See you, boys, for Golf Talk Canada Television. Looking forward to getting back at it with you both in person. First good decision on the golf course. We starts in the closet. Go Team Ontario. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next week, and we'll see you this week on Golf Talk Canada TV. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Golf Talk Canada. For blogs, show archives, video highlights, and TV schedule, visit us online at golftalkcanada.ca.